Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Bibles and come on and remain standing with me. We're going to read one verse in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. And we're going to read just verse number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 1. Bible says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Subject this morning, it's time to clean up the church. Start with me. You can be seated. It's time to clean up the church. Start with me. Honest question that I want to offer today. Why is holiness such a challenging topic for born-again believers who claim to love the Lord? It's amazing you can get folk to respond to messages about prosperity and about deliverance and about a host of things. But when you start to preach about holiness, you got to be prepared to preach to the crickets because they seem to be the only ones that respond to a message like that. But yet we all claim to be born again. We all claim to love the Lord. In our flesh... We resist true biblical holiness because many of us are caught between two extremes. On one end, there is a spirit of self-righteousness. And on the other end, there's a spirit of self-indulgence. The self-righteous spirit is the person that says they're living righteously to impress others or to exude a spirit of self-importance, justifying our own misbehavior while we condemn those who struggle. They're the people that look like the poster child for saved. In their mind, when you look up the word saved in the dictionary, you see their picture. Ain't nobody as saved as I am. Nobody as holy as me. I'm everything that I'm supposed to be and, and to prove it, I'm going to point out everything wrong with you. Lord, help me preach. To prove how holy I am, I'm going to make sure I find fault with everybody else in the body of Christ. This one is not right. That one's not right. That one's going to hell. They faking, they hypocriting, they doing all this stuff because the only measure of righteousness is me. I'm it. 
And so everybody that's not just like me is not saved. Everybody who's not as holy as I am is not saved. That's a self-righteous spirit. Because if you indeed have been born again, the first thing the Lord taught you was love. Ooh, God, I thought somebody heard that. If you indeed have been born again, the first thing that God has taught you is love. And love says that even if you may not measure up in the eyes of some people, because you are a child of God, my first responsibility is to love you. My first responsibility is to care for you. And, and my first responsibility is to make sure that I am measuring up to what the Lord requires. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7? He says, wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. A mote is like a slither or a splinter. And we're chasing people about splinters when we have beams. We're criticizing people for splinters. Did you see her toes out? How do you come to church with your toes out? But you lie like a rug. But you, con you condemn people for their splinters. And having your toes out, just for the record, is not a sin. I just need y'all to understand that because y'all going to go looking around and see whose toes out. It's March. Nobody's toes out, I don't think. We condemn people for the things that we find fault in. But yet we struggle with just doing what the Lord told us to do. Now, here's the other end of the spectrum. It's, it's, it's this spirit of self-indulgence. And I'm so worried about the church now because there is such a spirit of self-indulgence that it no longer matters what the Bible says about something. If I feel like that's what I want to do, then I'm going to do it, and I'm going to find a way to spiritualize what I'm doing. Self-indulgence. Self-indulgence. Not talking about minor things. And, 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 and I want to be very clear that none of us are saved by works. We're all saved by grace. Anybody saved by grace in here? We're all saved by grace, but when grace comes, grace makes changes. And grace has never been your license to do what you want to do and ignore the precepts of God. Grace has never been your getaway free card to say, I can just do it the way I want to do it. And, and I'm worried because so often in the church now, there is this spirit that if we talk about sin, that we're judging. No, I'm talking about sin so we can escape judgment. Hallelujah. And some things are still a sin. Come on, somebody. It's still a sin to lie. Say amen, somebody. Still a sin to commit fornication. That's sex outside of marriage. Still a sin to stray from your marriage and cheat on somebody or cheat on your spouse or somebody else. It's still a sin to be gay. Come on, somebody. And it doesn't mean I'm homophobic. It doesn't mean that I hate gay people. It doesn't mean any of that. But it's still a sin. And I don't apologize for it because I didn't write the words. And, 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 and here's, here's the good news. For every single sin, there's blood to wash it away. 
for every single sin, there is blood. Now, let, let, me, let me just get deeper here because some of us just stop at smoking, drinking, fornication, adultery, homosexuality. But don't you know backbiting is a sin? Oh, y'all done got quiet now. Say, what's backbiting? When you turn your back and I start talking about you, when I try to discredit you in the eyes of other people, when I try to undermine your reputation, it's still a sin to gossip. And, and, and let me just, for the record, gossip is true, but why are you telling it? Oh, I'm preaching hard now. Because the first thing somebody say, well, Bishop, is true. Yeah, it's true, but who told you that you work for CNN? And because Wolf Blitzer didn't get it, because Anderson didn't get it, you feel like it's your job to tell it. There are some things God lets you know so you will get on your face and pray. And for some things, you don't need a prayer partner. But I told them so they would help me pray. No, that's not why you told them. You told them because it was burning on the tip of your tongue and you just feel like some of us just love to be the spreaders of bad news. But if you're going to gossip, gossip about somebody getting delivered. If you're going to tell it, talk about God's goodness and God's mercy. But, but there's something wrong with people. I'm, I'm going to say it because it's the truth. There's something, the church does more damage to itself because we will not shut our mouths and we will not go to God in prayer. But anything negative that we can say, we will say it for everybody to hear. And that is not the reason why God gave you a tongue. Gave you a tongue to glorify him. Gave you a tongue to encourage somebody. But there's a self-indulgent spirit. The Bible talks about this, I believe, in the book of Judges, where it says that people come to a point where they do what is right in their own eyes. And just because you like it doesn't mean God condones it. And, and, and I get worried. I, I mean, I get so worried now because there's such a spirit, and you can say what you want to say, this spirit of self-indulgence is choking the anointing out of the church. This spirit of doing what I want to do is choking the presence of God. And that's why we manufacture what we think is an anointing. Baby, a shout is not an anointing. Lord, help me preach here. Oh, God, dancing is not an anointing. Anybody that got two legs, and even if you ain't got rhythm, you can dance. But if you want to see deliverance, it takes the anointing to bring deliverance. And why do we keep coming through the same things over and over again? Because the glory is shut up. Because the church is too dirty. And how can God bless us? Some things, oh, God, listen to me. Some things require sterilization before an operation takes place. Oh, God. Before, I don't care how grave the wound is, it's not sound medical protocol to operate on somebody until you sterilize the area that needs attention. They pull out that alcohol. They pull up that peroxide, the surgeon washes his hands, the nurse washes her hands. Why? Because if I go in and operate with, with, with my hands dirty, there's the risk of infection. The one thing I hope COVID did for us was to teach us how to wash our hands. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and you're right, because it's funny. 
that you can walk in the store and can't find Lysol, but you can find all the soap you want. And, and, and I'm saying this, saints, because one of the struggles that we have now is we're trying to do spiritual surgery in an unsanitized environment. And what happens when you do surgery in an unsanitized environment? People get infections. And while we're trying to do spiritual operation, but we have not cleansed the atmosphere, people are walking out of the church, and yeah, they feel good, but they got an infection. And that infection might even kill them because somebody didn't sterilize. The end result is that we have a church that is either polluted by self-righteousness and spiritual pride or polluted by self-indulgence and licentious behavior. And either way, the church is dirty. If we're self-righteous because we do everything that looks like we're doing it right, but we lack the love and the forgiveness and the presence of God, we're still dirty. Oh, God. I, okay, y'all ain't got to say that. I prepare for y'all to be quiet. You can wear everything in the dress code and still be dirty. You can follow all the rules and still be dirty. And that's why God doesn't just look on the outside. God's looking on the heart. Maybe you're impressing me with your suit, your dress, your hat, your shoes. But you're not impressing God because he sees through all of that. Oh God, tell somebody he sees through all of that. And, and, and that's the problem. You're just living saved for the sake of the church. But the church is not heaven. And my goal is deeper than just being accepted as a member of a congregation. Because when the rapture comes, y'all can have everything on Main Street. Because I'm trying to get to heaven. When the trump sounds, y'all can have everything in this building because I'm trying to get to heaven. And I'm not trying to get to heaven by impressing other people with my spirituality because the only person I have to please is God. That's it. Church is dirty by this self-indulgent, fleshly, carnal behavior. When does what God wants become more important than what I'm doing. Somebody didn't catch that. When does what God wants become more important than what I'm doing? Now you'll say, I like what I'm doing. I enjoy what I'm doing. I get pleasure out of what I'm doing. But if you love God, you will come to a place where pleasing him becomes more important than your personal prerogatives. See, I don't know who told the saints that you could live this life and not sacrifice some things for him. You mean you got saved and you didn't give up anything? Are you sure you're saved? Because when I got saved, there were some things in my life I had to give up. 
And since I've been saved, I'm going to get real deep here. There have been some things that I tested and the Lord said, "Uh uh-uh, you can't do that. Come on, somebody. There's some things. You know, I went to the water and put my toe in the water. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. Stuck my toe in the water. God said, get your toe out that water. Because that's not what I made you to do. I need an honest witness in this church. If you're going to live saved, you're going to sacrifice until the rapture comes. And if there's no sacrifice, baby, that ain't the Holy Ghost. You're not sacrificing anything to be saved. You're not laying anything on the altar. And we have preached the gospel to people that says you can please God and sacrifice nothing. Bob, let me just be what, tell you what the word says. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And, and that means I have to lay my entire being on the altar. And outside of that, church is dirty. What does dirt do? It stains us. Saints, there's a stain on the church right now that people see every day. And that's why the world doesn't take the church seriously because every time they show up, there's a stain on us. Social media has done more to kill the church because these crazy folk just don't want to do it. They want to get on the air and talk about it. You say, well, Bishop, they just being 100%. The Bible says there are some things that shouldn't be named once among us as becoming saints. If you a Pentecostal freak, be a Pentecostal freak with your mouth shut. And stop making the rest of us look bad. If you a Casanova preacher, come out the pulpit and sit yourself down. Stop making the rest of us look bad. If you got a baby over here and a baby over there and you got five sets of children and you ain't got but one wife, sit yourself down. Stop making the rest of us look bad. If you a whore, come out the choir and come to the altar. I I know this, this, this is a hard preacher. But that's the stain that's on the church. Dirt clogs. You ever had dirt get in a pipe? Clog the pipe so there's no flow? That's dirt. And when the anointing is not flowing, it's because somewhere in the line, the line got clogged. Somebody clogged up the line. Oh God, can I help somebody? There's a blessing God's trying to send us right now. But guess what? The line is clogged. And the glory can't flow like it should. Dirt renders us dysfunctional. And yes, my friend, dirt will keep you out of heaven. There are some things that just can't go. Now, before the pandemic, I was flying everywhere. And I, gotten, I got pre-check. Y'all know what pre-check is, right? It puts you in the fast lane. You don't have to take your shoes off. Ain't got to pull your stuff out your bag. But they still check your bag. Come on, somebody. And you can be in the pre-check line, but if your bag goes through the x-ray and they see something that should not fly, they're going to stop you. One day I got ready to fly. I was heading to New York, and I had put a pair of scissors in my 
attache, put the attache in my bag. My bag was folded over, but it went through the x-ray. And the x-ray saw my scissors in an attache, folded over in my suitcase. And the attendant asked me, do you want these scissors or do you want to go to New York? I said, I want to go to New York. You can have the scissors. So what if each of us passes through God's x-ray and God says, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to hold on to this? Oh God, some stuff, oh God, people can't see. Oh God, can I be real? There's some stuff people can't see. And when they look at you, you are the perfect deacon, the perfect minister, the perfect mother, the perfect choir member, the perfect saint. But when God looks at you through his x-ray, what does he see? And God's God is asking, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to hold on to this? Mm. Because what the word says, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27 tells us that the Lord has made a decision. And that's why some of us right now, he's troubling us. Some of us right now, he's dealing with us now because the Lord made a commitment to present us to himself a glorious church. Oh God, he's not going to have a church that's raggedy. And he's not going to have a church that's dirty. And, and, And really the Lord is saying, clean up or get left behind. Oh, hallelujah, deal with your sin. Repent of your sin or be prepared to get left. And and I'm convinced there are going to be a lot of surprised people, oh God, that missed the rapture. That thought because they never missed a service that God was pleased with them. That thought because they never came up short in their tithing that God was okay with them. But you've got to always do what we're about to do. We're about to take the Lord's Supper. And the Lord said, before you come to the table, examine yourself. Oh, hallelujah, get your eyes off of everybody else. And stop looking at what other people are doing. Because I'm going to tell you, the enemy will always show you the craziest people in your church. Oh, God, you don't see the folks striving to live saved. And you don't see the folk trying to live right. You just see the liars. And you just see the fornicators. And you just see the homosexuals. And you just see the mean people in your church. But there's somebody in here that's trying to make it. Oh, hallelujah, there's somebody in here that had to make some tough choices so God would be pleased with them. Oh God, but I came to remind us that the Lord is trying now to clean the church. Oh God, and I don't want to start with anybody else. Oh God, because in reality, I can't clean any of you. Can I be honest? I can preach to you. I can correct you. I can give you the word. But if the blood doesn't clean you and the word doesn't clean you, you'll walk out dirty. Oh, hallelujah. So sometimes you have to back away and say, Lord, let your blood prevail. They got issues that are greater than I can handle. But you've got blood and you've got your word. If your blood cleanses and your word cleanses, you can be clean. Somebody put your hands together. Shout hallelujah. 
Oh God, my time is gone. But let me give you this and then I'm finished. One of the problems with holiness is that we tend to focus only on the restrictions as opposed to the promises. And you don't live holy based on what you cannot do. That's been our mistake. People get saved and we give them this list of what they can't do. You can't talk like this. You can't look like this. You can't act like this. But my holiness is not based on restrictions. It's based on regeneration. Because when I've been born again and my mind has been renewed, there are some things I don't want to do. I need somebody in here that was a straight up mess. But when the Holy Ghost came in your life, it even changed your desire. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, I still have some struggles, but it's my desire to please God. It's my desire to serve God. It's my desire to honor God. I'm not in this church. I got plenty of places I could be. Plenty of things I could do. How dare you assume that I'm just hypocriting. Sometimes I'm struggling, trying to make it. But the Holy Ghost has been sent to help me. The Holy Ghost has been sent to keep me. The Holy Ghost has been given to change me. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Anybody here been transformed by the Holy Ghost? I wish you would praise him. You're praising for a car. You're praising for a job. But somebody give God the glory because he changed me. I was a wretch undone. I was a sinner tore up from the floor up. But he washed he washed and changed me. Shout hallelujah. It's the promised. It's the promise. I need to close. We got to serve communion. But the Lord insists that everyone that will stand in his presence has to be cleansed. How you know, preacher? The priests would put on their garments. But before the priests could go into the holy place, the Bible says outside of the tabernacle, there was a basin. And before they could even walk into the holy place, the priests had to bathe. Oh God, I wonder how many of us before we came to church took a bath. You say, wait a minute, Bishop. You getting personal. I showered. I jailed. Oh, hallelujah. I got a child in my house that is completely clean. I told her, if anybody says you committed a crime and you weren't clean, I'm going to know they lied. Because Geneva got every kind of bath, every kind of soap, every kind of whatever. Because she takes pride in her appearance that before she goes out, she prepares herself. I wonder how many of us before we came in the presence of God prepared ourselves because in the course of a week you get attitudes. Y'all ain't saying nothing. In the course of a week you get in your mood. In the course of a week you get your little attitudes and your dispositions. But before 
I come to the house, before I come to the sanctuary, I need the Lord to wash me, because I don't want anybody to be polluted by my sin. Can I be deep in here? Spirits travel. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Spirits travel. That's why you can't connect with everybody and everything. I don't care if they shout. I don't care if they speak in tongues. If their life is raggedy, you can't hang around because that spirit will jump off of them and jump into you. Evil communication corrupts good manner. You lay down with dogs. You get up with fleas. You gotta be clean. I know I'm preaching hard. I'm almost done. This is a series. We'll get to the next next week. But hear the word. Who shall ascend in the holy hill? And who shall stand in the holy place? He that have clean hands. Who shall I? Clean hands. Too many dirty folk touching other folk. One of the, and I, I've been a touch your neighbor preacher. But one of the good parts about the pandemic, we ain't been touching nothing. Now, the good news about that is we have stopped transferring spirits. Because some of this mess ain't nothing but the transferring of spirits. Let me be old school. You don't let everybody lay hands on you. You don't let everybody speak in your life. You can't give everybody the microphone. You say, Bishop, are you judging? No, I'm discerning. Mm. There's a difference between judgment and discernment. Sometimes for you just to judge somebody and condemn them because of what you think you know about them, that's judging. But when the spirit tells me to back away, I just got to back away. And, it's, and you say, well, well, don't they need Jesus? Yeah, they need Jesus. But they might contaminate me if I connect myself to them. Oh, God, it's time to clean up the church. Start with me. Because it's easier to look out the window instead of looking into the mirror. When I look out the window, I can see what's wrong with everybody in my congregation. This one got this, that one got that, this one does this, that one does that. But I can't run from the mirror because the mirror shows me for who I am. And in all honesty, at this stage of my life, the mirror is more important to me than the window. Let me tell you why. There are some people, not in the body of Christ, but in the assembly, who are already reprobates. And you can't do nothing for them because they are reprobate. You can lay hands on them, but they won't get delivered. You can preach to them, they won't get delivered. 
You can tell them the truth. You can tell them time, place, and what they did. And they'll tell you, I was justified because of this, that, or the other. Baby, that's a reprobate. If your sin doesn't bother you, you are going to hell. If it don't bother you, when you read your Bible and you see yourself in your Bible and you refuse to repent, you are a reprobate. If nothing moves you, if you start saying this crazy stuff, well, if they make it, I know I'm going to make it. Baby, you don't know you're going to make it. Didn't you hear the word that said many, many shall come to me in that day and say, I prophesied in your name. I've done many wonderful works. And the answer from Jesus is depart from me. I never knew you. You mean you've been in church 40 years and the Lord never knew you? Never knew you. Some folk been faking from the beginning. Oh God. They didn't backslide. The backslide you got to be in and go out. They never got in. Broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. Or email us, info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.